Hello and welcome to another episode of Healing Through Pain. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. To the mission Please share of this content people towards healing and health. Feel free In to each connect new episode, with Stephanie. We will discuss how to show up well for the responsibilities and opportunities that Until life sends our way. Be well. Here is your host, Stephanie West, a licensed practicing counselor in the state of Michigan, a teacher, and a professor who lives her life at the intersection of mental health and education. Thanks so much for following along. Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode. Happy start of 2023 to you. As I am recording, it is still 2022 for just another hour here. And so I just had just an awesome last day of 2022 today. I got to go out with a friend and spend some time with just a, a human that I love so, so much. I was able to spend some time training and hanging out with this little fella on my lap right now. So I have a new pup and his name is Brutus and we have spent a lot of time together today too. And then I went to a New Year's Eve party. I did tap out early, but I was there for about three or four hours with a whole host of strangers. So two of the people I do know, but there were another, you know, 28 people at a house I didn't know, people ranging from my age up until probably 30 to 35 years my seniors, and just played games and met new people and had a lot of fun. And the kicker was, as I sat there reflecting, I felt even more compelled to record tonight because who I am now is so significantly different than a year ago. And the title of today's episode is Let's Get Rejected and Get Okay With It. Because something has shifted so much in my life and it's something I want to just impart to you and give you something to chew on and think about. What does it mean in 2023 to start getting rejected and just being okay? So I want to start with something that I'm going to say it in a way that it sounds pejorative. It's not supposed to sound pejorative because there's always an explanation for it. But if we grew up in a highly critical environment, if we grew up in a codependent dynamic, if we grew up in an abuse situation, chances are we actually developed one of two things, a high level of self-importance or some really low self-esteem or some vacillations between the two. And when I look at what goes on in the mental health domain, when there's really steep clinical issues happening, often it's one of those two things at play or they're running kind of in tandem in really perplexing ways for people. And that's an overemphasis on self-importance and an underemphasis on self-value or self-worth. And so if we grew up in a highly critical space, it's quite possible that someone inferred or outright told us that we were responsible for their unhappiness. We were the reasons they put hands on us. We were the reasons why their life's sucked. We were the reasons why, you know, fill in the blanks, da, 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 da. And so we, you know, grow up with this sense that our moves, our actions, our interactions are just so important. Everything we say can make or break someone else's day. And so that's where perfectionism can come in. That's where a lot of self-protection behaviors comes in. And so what happens is over time, we just over-personalize things. We feel a lot of self-importance because if we don't do things just right at the right time in the right way to the right person with the right degree, we're going to somehow 
screw up irrevocably. And, and it's not self-importance in an intentional way, but it's the self-importance that runs like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. If I don't do things just right, then I've failed. And there's this extra dose of responsibility that's been superimposed on us. And so what happened for me in 2022 is I started to do a deep dive into how pride was monopolizing my life. And again, I don't say pride by way of this pejorative, nefarious, haughty, posture. I say pride by way of self-importance. If I don't do things just right, what would that mean? That would be catastrophic, right? And so as I started 2022, it was a very intentional thing that I did was I started to look at what role pride played in my life. And I had a very intentional prayer of asking God to crucify my self-importance. Again, I don't think my self-importance comes from a place of haughtiness. I think it came from a place of feeling, if I didn't do things just right, there would be catastrophe. And that happens in a lot of clinical work. That happens with a lot of men and women. They've assumed that not doing things perfectly is a problem. So as I'm starting 2022, I have three jobs and I'm thinking, well, I can't quit school because if I quit school, who's going to be there to deal with the hard stuff? Who's going to help when there's kids who might show up in a trauma narrative? I'm the person that's supposed to be there, except I'm also the therapist and I have 30 clients running. So I can't cut back hours there because who's going to be there if my clients need me? Who's going to be the one that they refer to? And I can't not continue on as a professor because what happens when I'm not in the program anymore? The program I'm certainly going to fall apart. Now, I'm not saying these things outrightly, but at a subconscious level, I'm thinking, I can't leave. I can't leave. I can't leave. What will they do without me? So this fear is running and this self-importance is running and I'm, you know, locked into three jobs and I'm locked into being immobilized because my self-importance is so great. And so I had to look at my pride and look at my self-importance and I had to say, you know what, Steph, you're not special. I mean, you are special, but you're not more special. And the more I laser focused on organizing those thoughts correctly, figuring out what my place is, not more than what it is, not less than what it is, but just figuring out who I am and what does that mean in my life, things have shifted dramatically. And here's where I want to actually camp out today. A lot of that was to set the table for rejection. If I could take one word to sum up December 2022, it's rejection. And it's happening in several different life domains, and it was happening with such rapidity. And here's the thing. I used to ask whenever rejection showed up, what am I doing wrong? I would have tried to change everything. I would have tried to figure out why are people rejecting me or why are things not working out for me? What can I change? How can I be different? How can I be more digestible? I would take rejection so personally. And so as I'm trying to step forward into a PhD program, I've had three universities so far turn me down. And one of them, I actually went for the interview and I thought I interviewed really well. Like, honestly, I walked out of that interview and I was like, okay, I would totally want to hang with me. I looked like I had my my stuff together there. I knew what I was saying. I knew who I was. Like, I felt impressive. And then they said, thanks, but no thanks. And here's the thing. I could have, and I've talked about this in the past, about holding pain and about grieving. I could have sat there and said, well, you know, I don't want to go to that university anyway. And who cares about them? I have other choices. But the reality is rejection sucks. I don't want them to say no to me. I wanted to say no to them. And so here's the thing where I've really done a lot of growth work is there's this thing called 
compatibility. And even if I think I'm compatible with someone or with a certain program, it doesn't mean that they find me compatible with them. And that's just not personal. Whomever I'm interfacing with, they've got their values. They've got their preferences. They've got what works best for them. They've got their objectives. And sometimes I'm not the right fit for them the same way others aren't the right fit for me. And it's just not personal. So there's a little bit of a bruised ego, right? But what does that bruised ego actually mean? It means, Steph, you're out there trying. You're out there practicing. You're out there stretching towards something you want to be true. That's bravery. Go back to my YouTube video this last week where I am watching people show up and stretch towards stuff. That is bravery. Even if it doesn't work out, stretching is the win in some situations. And here's the thing. I have the audacity to hope for new seasons that are really, really big in my life. And I'm okay with that. Now, a year ago, I was immobilized by, well, what if it's not the right package? What if I say things the wrong way? What if, what if they don't like me? I guess what's really cool over this last year is that fear has lost its grip. And because it's lost its grip, I have the audacity to hope for more. Rejection is just not about me. And when I reduce it to that, it's so egocentric. And it really is a very prideful way to look at things. Rejection is not about me. It's about an incompatibility between me and whatever the person or the opportunity happens to be. And the same way people say no to me and organizations say no to me, I say no to some others too. And here's what's so beautiful about the no. When I say no to things, it keeps a whole host of other options open. When I say yes to something, yes is exclusive. We've talked about that. Yes is saying, I see this and this is a good fit. And they say yes to me and I'm a good fit for them. But anything that doesn't fit into that, it's supposed to be a no and that's just not personal. It's a misalignment. Should I really take every less than ideal alignment as an attack on my character, as a reminder that I'm not good enough, as a reinforcer that I should change something about me? That's malarkey. Now, perhaps there are some that say, whoa, Steph, wrong package. But that just means it's an incompatibility. Our yeses should be so exclusive to things that are for our good and things that are worth being exclusive for. When this program said no to me, they said, Steph, you're just not the right fit because we have a different objective than you. If I say yes to a program and they say yes to me, we are agreeing to mutually trust each other and be for each other's good. That's a big statement. And so if they don't see that compatibility with me or if I don't see it with them, then there's no business agreeing to engage with one another. The no is just fine and it's not personal. So this last week I had a client say, but staff, how do I get better with rejection? And I said to her, I said, what do you think the answer is? And she just looked down at her lap and she goes, ah, get rejected. And I said, exactly, my friend. And my last two years have been filled with it. But I have survived literally every no that I have received. Some have been so painful. Some have actually had elements of cruelty to it. But here's the thing. When it's rejection and someone wants to make it personal and tell me that it's about me, that's still not about me. That's their ugly showing up. And I'm not compatible with that either. Any cruelty extended towards me to tell me why I'm less than, you've already given me permission to walk away unapologetically anyway, so thank you for that. There will be people who say no to us and it will have pain. And I will have to heal from that. And that will take time and that will take intentionality. But I am done weaponizing rejection against myself and using it as ammunition against me. 
It has no place. Rejection is an acknowledgement that there's compatibility lacking. That's all it is. And it's not personal. We have to work on getting rid of self-importance. One of my favorite things that Joe had said to me a couple years back at this point, he said, I am willing to walk away from anything. I will negotiate. I will not bargain. Because who he is going into any situation does not change based on the context. What a gift for us to know who we are and say, this is the package. Take it or leave it. And when we can do that, life just gets better. And rejection is part of that package. And so, so far, I've gotten three letters that have said, Steph, no, thank you. And if the fourth comes and the fifth comes, there will be pain. I don't want them to reject me. As I've been engaging, you know, some dating as well. Rejection is rampant. December has been brutal. But that's okay, too, because whomever they are, it's just not a mutual compatibility. It's not personal. It's not about me. And we cannot weaponize it. So in your story, if you are over-personalizing it, I want to implore that you reconsider and you ask yourself things like, where is self-protection showing up here? Where is pride showing up here? Where is self-importance showing up here? Ask yourself those questions, my friends, because there is something at the root of our over-personalizing things. And maybe you work on it this year. And maybe 2024 looks a touch different because you do the hard work now to figure out why you're feeling self-importance, why rejection is just so powerful in your story. Do a deep dive. I can assure you it's absolutely life-changing. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.